Blackbeard held the city captive by by blockading essentially the the Charleston Bay because he had actual a, Blackbeard. Yeah, Blackbeard Blackbeard. Yeah, like Teach Ed, Edward Teach. Real name uh, Edward Teach. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he he blockaded the city because he had a massive case of the clap. And he needed the medicine and he couldn't get the medicine anywhere else but Charleston. And so he was like, I'm going to hold this city hostage until you get me the medicine. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> because I got a massive case of the clap. This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Virtual Reality Studios. of creativity. Welcome to Matcha and Masala, a weekly true crime podcast hosted by Charmaine Fury, aka the Blaze and Blair, <laughs> and me, Matcha. Ria Mayakor, aka Masala. Today, mixed race mama <laughs> in other places. Like you can call me what you want. Basically, um, we are just a couple of mixed mates musing over matcha, masala, and. <sighs> so good that's my favorite bit why does that why is it so joyful like it's the <laughs> stupidest thing i wait for this moment it's the best part of the week <laughs> no joke <laughs> i love it i love it so much so mini intros i am ria mayakor i'm a desi welsh gal living in london and i am spreading my patented brand of mixed bestie energy uh in the internet spheres over on mixed race mama and then this is my other part of my work that I'm doing and this is my favorite bit of my work that I'm doing which is this podcast uh inside my own little virtual reality that now (laughs) you're into um so who are you I am your sir auntie Charmaine Fury aka the Blasian Blurred I am a black Japanese British American currently living in Mexico and like Rhea I also am in the podcast world in uh Militantly mixed, blurred comics, a uh, show called Queer and Far that's on hiatus. But literally, I, I just parts of me sometimes. I'm like, I want to stop everything and just do this. Like, I'm living in matcha masala and murder right now so deeply. It, it gives me so much joy. This is where we are. This is where we're this putting where we all of our energies. Yeah. Um, and it's fun and it's, it's exciting. Fun. So it's we're glad so that you're fun. here and we're in what episode five yeah, now. This is episode which five. Is amazing. So yeah. um I I I'm hoping that we're sort of gathering a pace and people are sticking with us and finding out new things. And um we won't test you on our mini intros, which seem to be <laughs> we're, <trying laughs> we're changing every time. We're, we're getting our <laughs> we're getting our sea legs. Yeah. It's so funny too, because I've never done this where I've like pre-done recordings um well that's not entirely true i I haven't like locked episodes like weeks of weeks ahead of when Mm -hmm. they're actually airing and so this is kind of the first time that i've done that and so like it it, it's so much anticipation of waiting for it to drop and waiting to see like what are people going to say um (laughs) as we start to build an audience and stuff and i know we're new but 
like where we at are at in recording versus where we are at in airing is so vastly different. Um, who knows what life's going to be like for us <laughs> as we like, what if by now fifth episode, we're super fucking famous and we have like a hundred thousand downloads already and shit like that. I that don't know. Happen. That it could, could happen. happen. Um, so yeah, I, I, but, uh, one of the things that I was going to say to you offline, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait until, until we're on the thing is yes, like, I'm living me. with us every single day. I'm, I'm editing and things like that. And, and so I see you every day, even though you and I only see each other once a week now. And, um, I feel like I have been talking to you, so I failed to send you key information <laughs> that you needed uh, <laughs> because I thought I'd been talking to you already. <laughs> I just saw you last night. I saw you before I went to bed. I don't understand. Uh, why don't you know all the shit that I, I have in my head? Um, but that's because I didn't send you. I didn't send you emails. But we do talk. I mean, we kind of because we're messaging. All we're messaging the time, each other and so. stuff like that. Yeah. And I like that we have the same brand of oh shit, I just thought of something, and then yeah. like I'm going to send it to you now so I don't forget. But because what that's what happens if you don't send it, then then you forget. you won't remember. Yeah. And the the and I I don't want to overstate. I don't want to like exaggerate or be crazy or anything like that or be too stalkery of a fan friend. <laughs> but it's just that's the energy, right? Like you're in the. This whatever the friendship start. equivalent to infatuation phase is like whatever <laughs> that is that I'm, I'm, I'm neck deep in it. But, um, <laughs> like I, I, I have two branches of friendships. I have this pocket of friendships of friends that I've had for 30 plus years. Like people I grew up with that I'm still friends with to this day, uh, including one of my co-hosts, Sean Bambler comments. We've known each other since we're eight. We know so much about each other that so little is a surprise. Yeah. And then my next branch of friends. So I've either known you for 25 to 30 years or 40 years even, or I've known you for two minutes and we're super close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like through the podcasting world, I have, I have created like, like this handful of friendships that have become like proper friendships. Some of which I've seen in person, some of which I host a podcast, wish on the opposite side of the ocean. I have not seen in person sure. yet, but like the way in which I feel like our friendship align, even though we're still getting to know, we're literally spending like the beginning parts of our recording each week, like continuing to get to know each other and build our yeah. relationship and stuff. But I feel like there's um, a shorthand that you and I already have that is very similar to my 25 plus relationships that I don't really oh. exist in some of my newer friendships. And to not have to explain like, I'm so sorry, I'm about to do this again. I know I sent you four <laughs> emails already. Um, random thought again, before I forget, Ignore yeah. me till tomorrow. Like you and I say such similar things of like, we really, we don't want to inflict ourselves on you, but we also know if we don't get this out, it won't get out. Because like, I've been building this summary email for you for a week. <laughs> I didn't hit send. I thought I was going to hit send on Sunday. I fucking forgot. And and so, you know, like I didn't do it in the moment. And so yeah. you didn't get the information. Um, I think it really works though, because um, it it would be kind of exhausting if we had to be like, oh, sorry, this is just the way I do this, or this is how I work when I'm generally doing this. I think also, mm -hmm. even though we don't know each other well, we're both really accepting of that's just how some people do stuff. Um, you yeah. know, everybody's different, but also we have these similarities that make it easier to understand why we're yeah. doing what we're doing. Um, because trying to do a podcast on two different sides of the world in two completely different time zones, time zones. opposite ends of our day is a little bit of an out there plan, uh, especially work, with someone right? that you just met online right? is like, I mean, a lot of people would say that's not, <laughs> that's not a recipe for success, but I think Possibly we're proof not. 
Uh, you know <laughs> it could be right like it's so crazy because I was, I was just thinking about last night like i'm literally in tank tops some of the times that we're recording and you're bundled like yeah, we're in different seasons you know you're in you're you know you're in a chillier weather right now i'm in a tropical thing like even today the fact that i'm wearing a full t-shirt is crazy because like i'm roasting right now um <laughs> But I have my AC that I can't seem to control what temperature makes me too hot or too cold. But like you and I are on different seasons, different time zones, different countries, different parts of the world. Like yeah. everything about the formula that would make us work really well should not be working. It shouldn't be happening and being, it's being not, and it's, it's so, it's going so well. I feel it's going so well. I think we're doing a great job. I think um, we are. Yeah. And yeah, like, so I send you a message at 11 o'clock my time at night and you're going to get it when you get it. I'm going to be asleep. You're going to yeah. respond to it while I'm asleep. And then I'm going to start to respond. And it's going to be the end of your day. You're about to go to bed. And I'm just like, let me get this message out to you right before you go to bed. Like, it's well, a very it's interesting. Somehow, it seems to work for us. It's working. You know, we're doing okay. I, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. And who knows? Maybe it speeds up my process to getting on that side of the world. I don't know. But. I, I'm having such a fun time doing this and I'm learning things about how I process like rough shit, slightly mm. different than I've understood it in, in the past. Like, um, mm -hmm. I, I think there's, I think there's a, a weird therapy in, into kind of in, investigating something that is separate from us, removed from us from history mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But some of the issues are things that we can deal with and talk about today. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, like, my perspective shift, like even just from last week, uh, the episode where, where you were sharing, um, I was like, hmm. so I have a, I have a line of murder that I'm okay with, you know, like, yeah. like there's certain things, you know, it's not like I didn't think that there were some <laughs> things I would be okay with, but like some shit seems justified and, uh, I feel just fine about it. We are learning about ourselves <laughs> and about the world, you know, we're educating yeah. each other, we're ourselves, everybody else. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yeah. So great. today we are going to start with, I'm going to do a bit of chit chat because this is a podcast that started off just being called Matcha Masala because we both love the tea and, you know, you are the Japanese and I am the Indian. And so mm -hmm. we've got the Japanese and the Indian tea and that's Please how we started. continue to refer to us as the Japanese the and Japanese. the Indian because I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese, I am the Indian, and the Japanese tea being the matcha, and mm -hmm. you know, the Indian tea being the masala cha, as I would call it. And that's what we're going to talk about is what uh, how we talk about tea. Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously, we, we were always going to include murder and true crime within our podcast, and mm -hmm. then it suddenly dawned on us that should be in the name it because be you know, name. we're how true weird. professionals who had it all planned out from the beginning. <laughs> Like so, we didn't have um, our own separate shows, but still completely made all the first timer <laughs> blunders. Amazing. Yeah, you know. I'm so proud of us. It's, yeah, it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so we have been talking about the murder that has come up, obviously, mm -hmm. week on week. And I really thought it was time we did a little more tea talk. Um, so to start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Um, so basically there are very few words for tea in the whole world and it's crazy that there are basically two branches of mm -hmm. language etymology that have brought us the words that we know and love today um there are three there's a third one depending on your flavor and what you kind of see as different branches so i'll explain um <laughs> it all starts back in burma 
which is apparently where it all started. And they had this word, um, which obviously I'm really apologetic that I don't know the correct pronunciations, especially because some of these words are centuries old and have actually changed. So maybe and like nobody the language knows. might not even exist anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. maybe nobody knows how to say them. But the original <laughs> There'll word... be one 170 year old <laughs> Burmese person that's just like, fucking asshole. She's going to send us a really angry email. How dare you? How dare you? Do you know how long I've lived? For you to say this word wrong. <laughs> You're just ruining my language. Um, I'm really sorry to that lady. Please forgive us. Um, but there was a word, la, um, hmm. which meant the tea plant, which was the name of the tea plant. And oh, okay. in Tibet and in different Thai dialects, um, and I think it's called Austroasiatic branches of language, that kind of tree, family tree. Okay. That's where that word came from. But then there's also this branch, which is tay or tea. That's where, mm -hmm. we, you know, they come from the same thing. And so, um, we'll, you know, we've all got different words that we, you know, around the world, but they all only stem from these same two or three branches. So you've got the tea tay, and then mm -hmm. you've got the cha chai, which is mm -hmm. the other branch. Um, and broadly speaking, wherever you are in the world, you're going to call it it's some word related to one of those. And I never realized like, because you taught me this a while back and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize because even in, in Japanese, it's ocha. So, yeah, that would be closer to the cha. cha exactly. So. Okay. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So cha comes first as one of the branches and then there's chai, which stems from that. So, like, mm -hmm. for example, because I'm Punjabi and in the Punjabi language, we call tea cha. But um, you in the West, people have heard chai because they hear masala chai or chai tea mm -hmm. latte. Or yeah. all these kind of bastardized things that you I don't can know get. That stuff bothers me. I know it's not yeah. my culture, but goddamn it. it, it's like calling me. miso soup because miso means soup. Soup, exactly. soup. So no, I've got so many of these non bread, non meat yes. bread. Yes, yes, and yes. Chai tea latte means tea tea milk. Like tea what are you milk. talking about? Like, Honestly, <laughs> so I would rather it be called tea tea milk. Tea tea milk. Than yeah. Chai tea latte. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Not yes, to be confused yes. with titty milk, which is something entirely different. <laughs> which we also support. Titty milk. <laughs> yes, we also support. <laughs> Freedom of choice. Um, but the, so yeah, so we call it cha and then um, chai has been kind of really popularized because it's been, you know, hijacked basically, um, mm. which has led to a lot of people correcting me if I say cha and they're like, oh, I think you mean Gross. chai. Gross. I fucking hate the world. I'm like, oh I my think gosh. I know what I mean. I think I know what I mean. Oh my <laughs> god! Tell the Punjabi person that they're not pronouncing the word correctly. Yeah, yeah. So I've that, that happened to me in a Japanese restaurant. Um, I ordered skiaki, which is how we fucking say it, and she goes, yeah. "Excuse me, it's this is the waitress. Excuse me, it's pronounced suki yaki. No, bitch, it's fucking not. We oh. that's just the the a romanized characters." dissemination so that english yeah. speakers can see what it's it's skiaki fuck you get out of my yeah. face <laughs> i'm so mad that was 25 years ago i still remember it. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> hold on to that anger never let it go um <laughs> oh my goodness so um yeah basically the portuguese so this is the history of it right and i'm gonna read from a little notes here so the portuguese brought the word cha to england mm. because the Portuguese language had uh, the Portuguese people had a tea trade with the people who spoke Cantonese. And we're talking about the 1590s. Right. Okay. And so the they picked up on the sound of cha from the Cantonese language at the mm. time, whatever the dialect was that was going on there. And then 
the tea came via the Dutch, which wasn't until like the late 17th century. And that came from the Malay word, Seems which so was close tea or tea. Time. Yeah. So then there, so in Northern China, there was cha, which came through South Asia, which is how obviously all of the Indian languages picked up on things mm -hmm. differently, which also then branched out to Japan as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so chai was then basically invented to differentiate between the plant and the leaves, uh, meaning cha, and then chai was if you put spices in it. So that's where they kind of ah. made a differentiation, you see. Um, because... At first, tea was this kind of nasty drink that was super bitter. And mm -hmm. although it was like a delicacy and it was exotic, I hate the word. Um, or or people, like a health remedy. Even. Yeah, and like a medicinal thing. and it, But mm -hmm. it tasted like medicine because it was awful. Yeah. Um, and then in South Asia, they started putting spices in. I've got a whole other section, by the way, on the history of tea. Oh, I can't sort wait. Of differently from the <laughs> language, which I'll bust out one week. But basically, they started putting spices in to make that shit taste nice. And then people yeah. were like, this is a revelation. Like, I could drink it's this. It's amazing how much spices <laughs> have like changed the fucking world. Like, oh. Oh, so yeah. many times but yeah exactly yeah. um so all indian tea is not chai is what i'm telling you and even if it's got spices in it now it's still not chai and just because you know you might like yoga doesn't mean you know what you're talking about <laughs> everybody in the west you might have a yoga mat but you don't know everything um, so if you follow the trade routes, basically, is where you can follow the linguistic pathway. And that's why we have so many different variations of cha. There's a saying of how to remember this, right? It's Ooh. tea if by sea and cha if by land, which only half rhymes, but I still find it satisfying. I, I appreciate it. I, the effort <laughs> is there. I love so, it. And languages, there's not another you, word for land that wouldn't yeah, match. I know. So. And I even tried to figure one out, but um, like terra, I wasn't getting that's it. That's obviously I not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, languages that have a variation on char or chai include like Arabic, which is like shai, and then Croatian, Czech, Georgian, Greek. Um, do I remember all of these? Hang on. Romanian, Serbian in Swahili, and then Thai dialects, uh, Ukrainian, and Wolof, um, which is like an archai. They have got a vowel at the beginning as well. Um, okay. And then... So like Japanese. You've got char ones, which are more like Azerbaijan, Bulgaria, Hindi, Macedonia, mm. um, Persian dialects, some Russian dialects. Oh, that's interesting. So like where the Romani people would have evolved from. No. Yes. Yeah. I just That's a random fun fact that I know no, about no, how they, really... they evolved. <laughs> <laughs> well, from India. You know, that's where yeah, they yeah, came from. Yeah, because they start so, in yeah, India. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, if they go through all of those places and kind of end up Bulgaria exactly. and things like that, that would be the charting yeah. of that language so those are all char because that was all land migration of people mm -hmm. and then the sea guys so anybody who says t or te variations so you've got like the basque language english hungarian tamil because that was slightly different there wasn't mm -hmm. as much land mm -hmm. where it's located on the continent oh, uh, and then like afrikaans and i think finnish and then the dutch um and even like uh some german esperanto uh spanish then, too Catalan, yeah, Galician. Yeah, Catalan. Um, and then I think Haitian Creole has a word which is obviously comes from France then, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the French colonies. And then you've got Ireland. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Luxembourg and Latvia and Spanish and even in Yiddish. So um, that's the difference, basically. Um, yeah. Is it's either, you know, it's T if by C and it's Char if by land. I um, like that. 
That yeah. actually, plus it's really informative. But it's super informative. It's like, if I can't guess what it might be, if I'm somewhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I know be... even a little bit about like colonization yeah. on boats yeah. and shit like that or land, um, yeah. I could probably figure out what your tea is called or, or get within the. Exactly. The some kind of ballpark. Right. So well, with, the... with Japanese, like, yes, we're an island nation, but all the shit we got was from China, even though the Japanese yeah. will try to deny that, uh, <laughs> that we just sprung up out of nowhere. Japanese people being the special uh, sacred, whoever, whatever. Uh, but yeah, all of our shit comes from China and Korea. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's why we would have called it Ocha instead of, um, and you see, you know that because yeah. you're the Japanese. <laughs> I'm the Japanese. So if you want to know about the Japanese, come to the Japanese. Exactly. Uh, or the Japanese people come to the Japanese. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> that is, the, you know, the branches of the word tea, te, cha, chai. And that's how you get that. Um, oh. And then, you know, tune in next week or in a couple of weeks when I might tell you the whole history <laughs> of the tea. And I will start with the question, is tea the root of all evil? I mean, you know what? Sometimes I kind of feel bad about how hard I go for tea because colonization <laughs> is a motherfucker, right? Oh, um, yeah. So I got big. Right. Well, anyway, that's for another day. But yes, it's all right. big. Now, now I'm salivating for that. Do you want to do a bit of mug chat? Mug chat? What are you working with this week? Uh, so during COVID, um, we had a secret Santa swap at my work. And the Ooh, nurse who I was friends it. with at the time... She, uh, well, one, she was a nurse, but but also she would hear me yelling at my coworker to wash his hands all the time because <laughs> he, instead of using a mask, would cover his mouth if he walked from his desk to the bathroom. And I'd be I like, wear a mask, wash yeah. your hands. Oh and so God. she caught me yelling at this old man so many <laughs> times that for my secret Santa swap, she got me uh, this mug that says wash hands. your hands. It's a giant um. mug. It's It's lovely. It's heavy as hell. So if you don't wash your hands i can pop you in the brain with it and probably <laughs> knock you out pretty strongly but yes it's a it's a lovely very heavy that's and i've been feeling one. this way because i've been uh i don't want to say under the weather because it's not like i've been sick ill i've been like medically clinically ill in a way that i haven't figured out what it is yet i've been in bed rest on and off for the last month and yeah. stuff so washing my hands or having people wash their hands around me seems very important right now. So, very good. And I only brought six mugs with me from the U.S. The rest of my mugs I had to give away since I left six my country. Mugs. Oh my goodness! Yeah, which is crazy. Why do I, I find that so sad? <laughs> right. Six Listen, Tristan, Tristan was like, "You're gonna have to get rid of some shit." And I'm since I'm a kid who grew up on welfare and poverty kid, I have a really hard time getting rid of possessions. Also, for stereotype purposes one of the stereotypes that are true, Japanese do keep everything. And um, so it was like, Tristan would be like, this piece of paper says no on it. Why do you have it? And I'm like, because it <laughs> reminds me of when, and then I'll tell a story surrounding this sliver of paper that says no on it. Uh, so it was really tough for me. I had <laughs> dozens of mugs. I hope you could just give it to him every time he asks you something you don't yeah, want to do. Like, no, you just hold it up. Obviously, no. right? <laughs> I'm um, not even going to say it. I'm just going to hold it on this piece of paper. Words. It makes sense. So yeah, when we moved from the U.S. to Mexico, I I whittled my thing down to six mugs, which was the hardest thing in the world to do. I have so many regrets, um, but now I just have to rebuild my my mug thing. So I'm going to tap it was out. Sophie's choice. You had to pick your favorite children. You know, 
That's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, hard. That's essentially so what I have at the moment. I'm in a one in one out policy with mugs. Like if a new mm. mug comes into my life, somebody is getting bumped out and oh, no. which is a hard place to be. I've only, that's you know, listen, I'm a collector of thing. I like things. I like pretties. Yeah. I like, you know, I, I like pretties. Um, <laughs> I like pretties. I don't know. Like even uglies can be pretties. <laughs> I understand this. <laughs> glad somebody does (laughs) so like I have a lot of stuff um and uh knickknacks if you will um as one might call them here in the UK um and you know mug my mug collection I I like and different mugs serve different purposes work better with different drinks at different Mm -hmm. times of day um or moods absolutely so I am actually because um I know that whenever anybody listens to this it's going to be a different time of year but we are nearing the middle of uh, middle of November, mm-hmm. so pretty soon I will be doing my seasonal mug changeover. Uh, so I'm getting snow. out my Christmas-based, winter-based, snowy oh, winter-based oh. mugs. Okay. So what I will do in order to give everybody a full opportunity to live their mug destiny, some mugs will go away and some mugs will come out. Oh, okay, so it's not like year. you get rid of it; it just no. goes boxed it just this is like a switcheroo storage okay yeah See, so I, i'll bring them the in and i'll bring them out this yeah. makes sense to me but I if you it. are gonna be a new mug somebody is gonna if i get if i purchase a new mug or if i'm given a new mug then somebody does have to go completely out you know which is which is hard in the bin um in well well you know donated or given away okay um to to continue their mug destiny elsewhere yeah, but I'm going to do the seasonal swap over is what I'm saying. Okay. And I'm quite excited because then it's like seeing old friends. I'm going to bring out some guys yeah. I haven't seen since last year. And that's nice. You know, that's nice. So I like today that. I'm working with just this kind of, you know, this is a nice one for. I like the warming. shape. Yeah, that's the yeah, shape. Good yeah, I, that's a comfort mm. shape right there. Yes. yes, um, yes. The, the kind of mug I was telling you this the other day, like there's this mug that I the shape of it, I love. Mm. And I know it starts with a P, but I cannot <sighs> find the word on the Internet anymore. And I used to know it like I literally knew it like a month and a half ago. <laughs> How is this falling out of my head? Gone from my brain. And listen, I know that people try to tell you life doesn't change that much, but when you hit 40, there is an immediate <laughs> shift in your brain ability. I used to have the memory of an elephant. Uh, my short term is essentially gone now. I do not understand why I, I can attest to this brain. being true. Yeah. This is so bizarre. And I didn't believe it, but it is 100% true. So, yes, a month and a half ago, I knew the name of the style of mug that is my favorite style of mug. Small bottom, big top, curve, comfort, you know, um, uh, kind of shaped like a breast laying down on the table. I don't know. It's good. It's a comfort shape. It's a weird comfort shape. This is I'm going to bash you in the head if you don't wash your hands because it's it's giant and it's ma- and it's huge and heavy. That is a comfort shape. I cannot find the name of this damn and you said that to me, do you know the name? And I didn't because I didn't know I had a name. And I I was excited to, you know, to learn what it was, but we haven't found out yet. Well, now that'll be my mission is I'm gonna fucking figure <laughs> out what the name of every style of mug is. <laughs> and that'll be one of my little topics one day because now I'm obsessed with every time I pick it up, because I have this like two go-to cups, which are the same shape. They are both they <laughs> they do both say keep calm and carry on. One's light blue, one's the Union Jack. Um, and I've had them for ages. Um but they're like the ones like I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to get rid of because it's like from my first trip to the yeah. UK and stuff. And so like I I felt very attached to them, even though I have the issues that I have with the Union Jack. It's like I was a different person at that time. <laughs> I was going to say, I appreciate the mugs, but 
you wouldn't find a union jack in my household <laughs> yeah like seriously it's the weirdest thing um yeah. i went through a phase in my in my youth um where like i had a whole bunch of union jack shit and and as i you know have done a lot of like liberation work and stuff like that. I'm like, why do I have so many of these fucking flat? Like I'm not a flag, but I don't understand. And so like I chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And for some reason, when it came down to that mug, it was like the one mug. I, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't get rid of. Um, but you every time I a Welsh flag mug, cause that's a fucking dragon. This and a if fucking that's dragon, not the first best of all. flag in the whole world. Listen, I have been looking for my favorite shape in that mug. Like, there's so many options. I have a list of them sitting in my Amazon wish list right now. Well, um, like, because I'm just like, if I can't find the mug shape that I want, I'm gonna get this one. And I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna get this one because there is a matte black one with a bright red embossed one. I think I'm gonna have to get it anyway. But yes, I have been on. I have I have been looking for my Welsh mug. Um, That's a flag. That's a good flag. And fun fact about the Welsh flag, the dragon, uh, it's the only nation's flag that has what I'm going to say in quotation figures, mythical uh, creature represented. Uh, dragons are real. Dragons are all. real. Hell yeah. Um, they're super real. But um, it's technically that's one of the things that it's known for is the uh, quote in quotes mythical. So, the yeah, because the Scotland, not on the flag. But the emblem of Scotland is a unicorn. Yes. yes. That's fucking cool too. And again, listen, we're talking about colonized white people. So I I I'm I write like I know that I'm Welsh and, and Scottish and like the weeest bit of Irish, even mm. though my family has a full Irish identity. It's hilarious. <laughs> um it's like the least thing that they are. Uh but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it might be it might have been the last place they were, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're not they're not proper Irish. But anyways, I ride for the colonized white folks because they're against the oppression too and all that kind of stuff and they've been they've been showing up strong right now in absolutely you know, exactly uh, in the in the stuff about um yeah everything that's the happening irish get it yeah the irish are man i've never mm. wanted to move to ireland so fast like i was just like <laughs> if this is what it's like i'm like which side like i'm trying to differentiate between the the uk mps and the the oh yeah yeah you know the the, the southern like i'm like the, i'm riding with these folks but like the fact that it's it's the Welsh and the Scottish that have these like quote again I'm going because I'm I'm gonna I'm also gonna deny that unicorns aren't real. Uh, you can't prove have, it. You can't <laughs> prove they're not real. So yes, first of all yeah. that, and then also they're 100 real, and you just you, you your mind is not equipped with the ability to understand that they exist. Um, <laughs> they just like mermaids and stuff. Thank you. Oh. Yes, mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I was starting about my mermaid. own country today, hundred yeah. percent, my flag is a mermaid. Just so you know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that the Scottish and the and the Welsh both ride so hard for the dragons and the, uh, and also like yeah. just generally, almost all my races or ethnic groups, Japanese dragons are big. Yeah. Welsh dragons are big. You know, so it's like I'm. That's a nice little crossover. I respect I it. Like I respect it. <laughs> um, we we have different kinds of dragons, but they all serve their purpose, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Do you want to get into today's story? I really do. I'm excited. Okay, I am excited about this one because it's a fucking mess. <laughs> let me just let me just start there. This story is a fucking mess and i hope i can get it all in one but if i can't i would not be opposed to doing a multi-part story on this one Ooh. because what we are dealing with in this story 
there is possible. Let's see. How do I start this? Okay. How about this? I'm going to first tell you the legend, Ooh. which in and of itself is so fucking brilliant that when you finish the legend, you're like, I don't care if this isn't real. This is the story. And you would understand <laughs> why it would persevere through time. Then I'm going to hit you with some shit that was happening in the in the world at the time, the history at the time, to put into context how the legend and the reality, the circumstantial reality, because it's from 1819, so it's 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 been a bit. Uh, the the reality story is so like yes, that's the world. The world sucks, and this is why this happened. But the legend is amazing. Ooh. So it's a it's a it's a mess it's a mess because the real story makes me angry and sad. The legend is just like yes. So I'm feeling <laughs> this. This is how I feel. Okay, we get started. What we have is a story that accidentally has tea in it. I didn't do that on purpose. It just surfaced as part of the story. Uh, a possible mixed race assailant, a murderess. If you <gasps> they will. said it couldn't be done. We they couldn't fit it couldn't to be, be done, and mixed race well, into here the we murder. Are. <laughs> <laughs> we are the only people who can do this. Um, so I am going to share with you the tale of Lavinia Fisher, America's first female serial killer, and her husband, John. <laughs> He's ready. Shall I be mother? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent (laughs) freeze frame. I'm going to share with you the legend of the beautiful and dusky Lavinia Fisher, who would lure who she believed to be rich men or slightly wealthy men into the comfort of her and her husband's inn outside of Charleston, South Carolina, in the United States. We refer to this place as either the Wayfarer's Inn or the Six Mile Inn because it was six miles outside of Charleston, which uh, for every mile marker outside, there would be an inn, a home that people could rest in, water their horses, et cetera, one mile, two mile, three mile, four mile, five miles. So it is known as the Six Mile Inn or the Wayfarer's Inn or the Wayfarer's Six Mile Inn. But she would lure these rich men into her inn and set them to comfort by both flirting and cooking an amazing meal for them. Like a bed and breakfast style. You know, you're going to get fed. You're going to sleep. You're going to water your horse. You're going to be on your merry way. And her either cowardly or super supportive, loving husband or sheepish husband, John, depending on which part of the legend you're going to tell. Uh, who would who would sit there and basically be like emotionally cuckolded? <laughs> so, not sexually, but just like he'd sit in the corner while she flirts with him and feeds men, you know, um, to lure them into comfort so that when they would go to sleep in the inn, uh, John and Lavinia could do the most horrible of horribles to them, according to the legend. Uh, so basically, um, 
this is such a good story. I can't even deal with. I'm so in. I can't. I cannot deal with this. Okay, so this is this is taking place in the early 1800s. Um, she she would have been born somewhere roughly around 1780 or so, 1790. Um, but the the story that we're that is going to lead us to the crimes is going to happen in about 1819. Mm -hmm. Um, so here's here's the bit that is slightly legend because it's un, it's it's unsubstantiated but it's 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 the kind of circumstantial evidence that you kind of can't look away or deny so i'm going to okay. put it as part of the legend but i'm also going to say that it's most likely part of the real story possibly and that is that um lavinia and uh, again I, I have described her as dusky right i have described her as beautiful she was known as being a particular kind of beauty um, that people were always in awe of. She was mm. very likable and personable and people just liked her. Um, but she was uh, known to be slightly darker than the average white woman. Uh, <laughs> so it is believed that she was probably passing mm. for white. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why this has come up is because even though it's 1819, which there absolutely would have been findable records for this, there's no record of Lavinia Fisher and John Fisher marrying, but there is records of Lavinia Fisher prior to her supposed marriage. So it is believed, based off of certain parts of, of history that is kind of searchable, that she was owned, an enslaved woman, an enslaved biracial woman, owned by the uncle of John Fisher, and that John Fisher lived on the same plantation with his uncle and may have fallen in love with her. And um, as a way to make sure that shit didn't happen, uncle sent Lavinia and another woman, I think they refer to her as Sarah, although there's been so many times it's just like, and another slave woman, um, mm -hmm. into Charleston, sold them off to somebody else. And John was like, fuck that. And <laughs> and went to Charleston too, because <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm not going to be separated from Lavinia. And so he ends up in, in um, Charleston as well. And then eventually they're just living together as husband and wife. So it's believed okay. that they are common law because there is no record of historical record of their marriage, despite the fact that there would have been at that time. There's plenty of marriages at that time that would have been, but because sure. they both had the same name and uh, I'm not just the Japanese. I'm also the uh, descendant of American enslavement. Uh, we keep the last names of the plantations that we come from. My yeah. birth last name is a plantation name from my side of the yeah. family, which is Franklin. Um, and so it's just believed that, you know, because she had that name, she's probably someone that was owned by the Fisher okay. family. And therefore, you know, and being that sh if she could pass as white, most likely biracial, most likely a relative. Mm -hmm. um, to John. <laughs> because of John's uncle was the plantation owner, perhaps he was her father. Yeah. And John would have been the nephew. So they would have been cousins cousin marriage uh which would not have been super uncommon in that time anyway sure. um, and yeah. honestly still to this day in many cultures cousin relationships um are still fine and uh according to many studies and don't ask me why i become obsessed with this in britain uh first cousin still is genetically fine <laughs> it's the it's <laughs> what well, i'm sorry <laughs> if, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, Britain, right? Like try, trying to justify a super related um, uh, royal family. Um, there, are tons, <laughs> there are yeah. tons of studies 
uh, from the UK that will show that genetically it's not that bad to even be first cousins. Uh, the problem is, is, is siblings, but even to a degree, it's not that problem. The problem is one of your children, if you're siblings, is probably going to have some problems. <laughs> not all of them. But I mean, also, also, ew. Before we even yeah. get to the stage of having the babies, let's make know. it clear. Ew. <laughs> then, ew. But, uh, but there was a very intriguing documentary series about like siblings that were adopted out that found each other in life in oh, the UK and yeah. then like married and had babies. And then they're like, the men keep getting arrested because they found out that they're siblings. But they're like, I didn't know she was my sister when I fell in love with her. I was adopted. Um, super intriguing. It's it's so weird. Yeah. But yeah. Intrigue. But I di I digress. I, I'm not I'm not saying there's records that these fools are co cousins and married. I'm just saying she's probably an enslaved woman. And if she's biracial, makes more sense that she would yeah. be either the uh, plantation owner or the overseer's children, because overseers also did that shit. But she yeah. would have taken the name of the plantation. And that's why they have the same name, even though they're not legally married. Yeah. And okay. so it's easier for people to just it accept helps. them as married because she has so, records to show she's Lavinia and he has records to show that he's John Fisher and boom. Okay. That's why she's probably a mixed race woman. Uh, so that's just like a little pin in it. It's not a big part of the story, but as a mixed person, I was like, oh, <laughs> a passing, and, a white passing biracial, you say. <laughs> and who hasn't, as a mixed race woman, been some point called Dusky? Described yes, right. Dusky by yeah, someone. Both people on the screen, in fact, at this moment. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, you gotta love the language. It's it's similar to like when you did Kate's story, and it's it's like she was a strongly built, um, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's like the language in which they choose to describe people. Like as soon as I saw Dusky, I was like, first of all, I know a white man wrote this, and yes, yeah. a white man had written it. Um, but like, just you just knew. It's just so. Ugh. But yes, this but as a, just a couple of dusky beauties, we <laughs> sympathize with where she's coming from. Dusky beauty to dusky beauty. We get it. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So they had the inn and, um, you know, people would, would either be coming into Charleston or going out of Charleston would need a place to rest and they would come mm -hmm. and stable their horse, you know, have a meal, go to sleep, wake up in the morning and, and travel on. Uh, at this time, uh, historically, there was a lot of there was one of the first major economic downturns that happened in in the U.S. was happening at that time, and so Charleston, which had been a very booming place earlier, was um, was starting to suffer. Uh, one because of pirates, which I fucking love. That's another thing that I I just I have I have a pirate thing. Um, pirate certain pirates are known to have like either you know use that as a port to to sell off goods and things like that have stolen or whatever but one of the best stories about about pirates and uh, charleston in particular is blackbeard held the city captive by by blockading essentially the the charleston bay because he had actual a, blackbeard yeah blackbeard blackbeard yeah like teach Ed, edward teach real name uh, edward teach yeah amazing yeah, yeah he he blockaded the city because he had a massive case of the clap and he needed the medicine and he couldn't get the medicine anywhere else but Charleston. And so he was like, I'm going to hold this city hostage until you get me the medicine. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> because I got a massive case of the clap. Uh, and so like, I think he, I, I don't remember the full story, uh, but I think it's like two weeks or something like that, that they like legit couldn't get anything in and out of the Harbor because 
he was like, I'm not fucking kidding. You're going <laughs> to get me this medicine. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't, the part of the story that I don't know is like, did he ever clear his clap or did he just get satisfied with a dose and move on with his life? <laughs> um, that part I don't know, but there's also a story about whether or not Charleston is the, also the location that Blackbeard's treasure could be buried and things like that too. You know, there's, there's stories around that. So, but, but Charleston has a, a, a pirate history got a civil war history it's a, a whole bunch of stuff but at this particular time because of piracy was kind of coming to its end uh desperate you know desperados were were definitely a presence in in charleston and um and so they started to have um a a, a massive series of like uh highway robbery essentially like mm. if, if you were going in or out of charleston you were at risk because oh. bandits might pop out of the woods and and get you for your stuff and they would refer to them as like land privateers or something. So they were, you know, oh. uh, a land pirate or land a sea pirate in, in both cases. So T if T if by sea and cha if by <laughs> if by land, same type of thing. You got your land pirates and you got your sea pirates. And it was really having an impact on Charleston at the time. That's right. It all ties in, folks. And it, it's all, it all, ties know, in, all planned like, perfectly. Completely planned. <laughs> so so the, there was a lot of people that would um, go missing. And the right. last known location that they would have stopped in would have been the six mile in, but literally mm. like it's the last motherfucking spot before you go out of town. So anything could have fucking happened, but reputation was just like the last time anybody knew they were somewhere was the six oh. mile warfare's mm. in. And so it started to be believed that uh, Lavinia and John were um, doing nefarious things in their inn. And, um, and the, so here's, here's where the story gets like, Legend wise, super juicy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like just, we really need a sound effect button for these times. I, I need a board. Yeah, I need to get a soundboard. That's a yeah. Patreon sponsorship or something. I'm eventually gonna need <laughs> to get a, a soundboard so, for this thing. So one one evening, uh, there's a man who needs to stop and water his horse. And depending on the way you hear the story, either he's with an a, a a boy, which is probably an enslaved child that he has mm. tending to his horse, or the child is not a part of the story. But in both cases, um, he he needs to stop to water his horse. And Lavinia, uh, seeing that he has nice clothing and things like that, plus he has an, an enslaved child with him and everything like that, he probably has a wee bit of money. And so she tries to convince him to come in for a meal. And he's like, no, 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 no. I just need to water my horse and I'll be on my way. And she's like, you know, the horse will take time to get tended to. Why don't you just come in and, you know, have chat take a take a, take a load off i'll give you a light snack or whatever uh he comes in and she yes yeah she she gets she makes him a, a nice meal and he's and he's you know eating away and they're having great conversation and all the while he's so engrossed and engaged in this beautiful dusky attentive woman uh who's an amazing cook by the way uh but in the corner is 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 john <laughs> who will not stop staering at him in, in just like a very um depressed and you know like i hate you kind of of way and so and so uh this guest john peoples is his name again another story with multiple johns in it uh john peoples is just like you know mr fisher is weird uh but lavinia is just so wonderful so he engages in the conversation and after the dishes get cleared and they continue the conversation um john peoples does realize you know he is a little bit tired so so he might stick around for the night and she says okay great before you go to bed let me just give you a cup of tea 
relax and then you know you can go to bed so that's where the tea comes in that ends up being mm. well john peoples according to legend absolutely hated tea but lavinia was so beautiful and kind he could not bring himself to not accept the tea oh. so he just when she wasn't looking would pour it out into a plant or something nearby so it appeared that he drank but he thought there was something weird about the tea he also started to think there was something weird about the attention he was getting given mm -hmm. that our John was in the background being weird and cockledy and Lavinia was so aggressively attentive. Uh, so he starts to get suspicious again, according to legend that he might be robbed or murdered that night, but he still decides to stay in the end. Yeah, this is why so not? silly. It's why fine. not? Right. So what also clues him into this is probably a weird place is that, uh, according to legend, both John and Lavinia walk him to bed. <laughs> Okay, an escort. Lovely. An escort, sir. Make sure <laughs> yes. that he gets in, you know, he gets there and he's all situated, whatever. Uh -huh. We'll have a fine breakfast for you in the morning and you can go on about your merry way. Doors close, John and Lavinia move on, and Peoples is sitting there. I'm just going to call him Peoples to differentiate. Uh, he's sitting there going, That was very weird. <laughs> um, I don't think I want to be in bed again. You could have left at any time, bro. Uh, but instead, he decides to sit in the chair near the window facing the door just in case he's going to get robbed or you know killed in the night okay. uh and and he does not off but he's awoken by this terrible crash and when he opens his eyes he sees the bed fall into the floor into a gaping hole in the floor what Al alarmed he jumps out of the window gets on his horse and fucks off the bed fell through the floor the bed and he jumped out the window and he jumped out the window. He would have been, I think on the first floor anyway, but, um, he jumped, he's like, Oh, and he jumps out the window and he, and he runs away. Right. Okay. And so that's again, what it takes for him to take, for him to yeah, leave. Not that I'm, I'm already suspicious. I might get murdered, but like legit, <laughs> Hey, beds don't normally fall out to the floor into the cellar. That's sure. weird. And he, so you know what out. he did? He legged it. He legged it. He legged it. That's one of my favorites. I'm so making it a thing. <laughs> yes, we're 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 legging it. Um, going going for it. So yeah, he so he he legs it, and uh, John and Lavinia um, rush in and they see. Oh wait, there's no people, so there's nobody to kill. That's one part of the legend. Oh. The other part of the legend is that this happens so many times that that either John and Lavinia would wait until, oh, I, what I didn't say, my bad. The tea that was a little bit off for John Peoples who doesn't like tea mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. oleander tea. Oleander being a poisonous <sighs> thing, but it wasn't a big enough dose to kill people, which okay. would have been easier than a bed <laughs> falling through the cellar. Yeah. But just enough to make them sleepy and semi-paralyzed. Just so a special couple, bedtime brew bedtime brew so by the time you go to bed and you fall asleep and you might not be able to move too much john could come in and stabby 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 and then rob you and you'd be, you'd yeah. be done right seems super complicated because if you already have poison yeah which just use the poison first episode like yeah that seems like the easiest thing to fucking do if you already have a poison tea, you might as well just finish it out that way. Mm. But no, let's do it bloody. And we'll either creep into the room and stabby, stabby, stabby. Or we'll build this elaborate fucking contraption that would drop the bed into the cellar onto an opening that would a bed of spikes would be below. Mm. 
What? So that your your person would fall from the. So I'm imagining it's kind of like a reverse Murphy bed. So instead of going up, it would go yeah. down, and you would fall into the hole onto a bed of spikes, hopefully impaling you quickly. But if you didn't die, John would have to go down into the cellar and axe you up. That's like some Goonies booby trap shit. It's too much. It's too <laughs> big. You've it's, gone too it's, big. It's too big. Like, uh, if you're fans of, of New Girl, uh, the character uh, Bishop is either <laughs> Winnie the Bish. Too big. Winnie the Bish either pranks too big or too small. It's either Frank a blueberry Sinatra. in your shoe. Prank Sinatra, what a blueberry in your shoe, or it's like, I'm gonna hit you in the throat with a ski. This is the level of it's too much. You had fucking oleander tea poison. You could have just poisoned them. They fell asleep. You robbed them. You got rid of the body. But no, let's do this complicated and build a fucking contraption that will slide your body down from a bed onto a bed of nails. And if you don't die, I gotta axe you up. So they just got rondered. Yes. Yes, you just got rounded. That's an escalation. Brilliant. It's too fucking much. But this is the legend. So John Peoples sees this bed. Fuck, he legs it through the window and he's all the way gone into Charleston to be like, bro, huh. these motherfuckers <laughs> were going to kill me. Who knows what happened to poor slave boy because John Peoples fucked off right yeah but this is the start of what makes people go oh there's been so many people reported missing after the six mile mm -hmm. wayfair in we're gonna get a mob together uh. and put an end to this shit <sighs> and this is one of the the oh, stupid things about american history is that we have this period of time of of vigilante justice that is sort of legal. It's like mm -hmm. semi-legal okay. uh, yeah. based off of two possible things. Um, there was a law in, I don't believe it was South Carolina, somewhere else though, uh, Lynch's law, the, the person who wrote it name was Lynch, which is why we call lynching lynching today. Yeah. Uh, which was essentially saying like, if you, if you could kind of prove that somebody did you wrong, you could collectively, you know, punish that you know you can gather a collective to punish that person um without much recourse by the law but you had to have been able to prove that they have done something wrong okay. um so that's one version of it another version of it is just like essentially the dehumanization of anything that is other right so uh, enslaved people runaway enslaved people bandits and such like that like they're just yeah. deserving of whatever punishment you can give so if you can give it to them before we can give it to them great um so there's different versions of this that but they eventually over time just kind of be molded together into this thing called lynch's law which is why a lynch mob would be formed yeah and okay. so a lynch mob is basically formed um after Peoples gets back to Charleston and tells the police what happens. And so they start marching up the up the road out of town to to get to the six mile in. But for some reason, they they go to five mile in first, which also had a bit of a reputation. Um, and they threaten to to burn the place down. And the people that are inside there are like, fuck you, leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> so they burn it down to the ground. And oh. some people make it out and some people don't. And um, the people who do make it out, depending on what part of the legend you're hearing, either mm. just like get caught and beat up by 
the um, the mob or they leg it down to the six mile in. And so they're supposedly all there at the time that the mob um. tires of what they do at five mile in. And it would have been close enough in distance that the big flames, because they burned down the house and the out the outbuildings and everything like that, that the by the time the people at the six mile and see it, they're like, oh shit, they're burning down stuff or whatever. And if the gang who is supposedly in the five mile in make his way to six mile and they're like, oh my gosh, they're killing us all. They know, they know what we do. This is where the story just co gets completely wild and crazy. So evidently there is this huge gang of high ray robbers that are spread out over the six mile in and the five mile in. And the people, the guy who owns the five mile ends last name is uh, Hayward. I think it's Edward. I have it in my notes. It's fine. I'm, I'm into the story. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell it. So yeah. I'm just going to call him Hayward. Uh, Hayward and his gang are all in the five mile in and, um, and Lavinia and John are supposedly members of this game, but they're in their own in and they do their own shit or whatever. Maybe they spit, split the, the winnings across everybody. Maybe they don't, it's not really clear, uh, but they're all kind of in cahoots together according to the legend. And so the ones that make it free get down to there and they're like, you know, basically last stand because they're mm. coming our way or whatever. The mob ends up making its way to Six Mile End, and they basically say the same thing. Come out, or we're going to um, burn your place down. And since they could see the flames from the other place, they're like, no, don't burn our place down. Uh, John Fisher ends up surrendering because he loves Lavinia so much, he does not want to see her die or get in combat or anything like that. Uh, and so even though the other guys are kind of pissed off at John's cowardice, uh other people would view that as he loves Lavinia too much, he doesn't want her to see him. So, so they all kind of get... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, carted away in the mob down to town but the but the mob leaves behind a solo guy in the six mile in so mind you they just burnt mm -hmm. down without any provocation yeah. they just burnt down five mile in they're at six mile in and they say david ross you stay here and make sure no one fucks with the six mile in and we're gonna we're gonna go get these people down to the police station or whatever and so David Ross stays behind. They they all head down towards town. And this part is not explained. How the gang gets free from either the mob or police, we have no idea. But there okay. was some fighting and things like that or whatever. But for whatever reason, the mob goes back to Charleston. And overnight, Lavinia and the gang <laughs> um, end up back at Six Mile End. And they start roughing up David because they're like, you're... Uh, trespassing on yeah. on our place or whatever and they try to kick him out and he's like well don't kick me out i want to go get my stuff first and he tries to go back they push him out of the house he tries to go back in the house and so here's where language and descriptions are important right mm -hmm. uh lavinia is also not only known as a beautiful and dusky person she's also known as very petite but mm -hmm. david ends up recounting what happens to him saying this large and he didn't say strongly built <laughs> a woman just molly whopped the hell out of him and then put his head boxed his head through a glass window uh Ooh. and choked him out a bit and somehow he still gets away they shooting at him and stuff like that but somehow he gets into the woods and he gets away he makes it back to charleston he's like you're not gonna believe what the fucking <laughs> gang did to me or whatever so now we have two things happening we have john with peoples was almost killed and and david ross is almost killed and uh, so the gang still continues to stay at Six Mile Inn, even though they know a lynch mob and the cops are going to come for them. They just let David get away. Yeah. Um, so they kind of get ready for like 
fighting and stuff like that. And eventually the cops come. And again, it feels like a retelling of the same type of story where in, in the, in the court records, these two things get said, David reports these two things um, being said by two different people, but it's the same thing as one. Okay. He says he tries to go back into the house and John Fisher yells, you damn dirty rascal. If you try to come back in this house, I'll kill you. And then he also says that after he gets away from having his head boxed through a window and this, you know, that the woman was the most aggressive of all of the criminals that, that were harming mm -hmm. him, uh, which again, he's claiming is Lavinia, but he's describing this very tall, strong woman, mm. which is not Lavinia. Mm. Um, there is another woman that gets arrested at, at some point and, um, but she falls out of the story. So she's like okay. there and not there at the same time. So it's hard, uh -huh. it's hard to say, but I'm assuming that if this did happen, it's probably this other woman. This, right. Again, second woman uh, that's named and not or unnamed and not Lavinia that would have done this. And then he says, as he's running through the woods and they're shooting at him and he's getting away, a different man, which is Hayward, which is the owner of Five Mile Inn, yeah. says, "You damn dirty rascal! <laughs> you know, like if you don't, <laughs> if we find you again, we're gonna kill you." So he basically attests the same thing, which I don't know how common it was to call someone a damn dirty rascal. <laughs> Um, in 1819, but like it seems weird that that's part of the same story within a few seconds of each other. That these two yeah. men would yell this out at him or whatever. Okay. Uh, but he gets back to town, tells the sheriff what happens, whatever. Okay, again, no story as to how smooth this went, but for whatever reason, they arrest everybody. Okay, so we, first we had a mob burn down a house, and we had a mob overtake a house, and then somehow we just easily get arrested. I, I don't know. This is the legend. It, it, it has no explanation as to how this happened. So roughly about four people are kind of arrested the first time. But over time, they keep adding people to the gang. So if someone that they don't particularly like gets arrested, all of a sudden they're part of the same highway robbery gang. And it is reported that they attempted to murder at least two people. This is what the charges are that okay. they get brought up with. Um, so, so they're, they're in jail and awaiting their trial and everything. And, um, at this time they're in this notorious jail in Charleston, which is called the old city jail. It's, it's, it's essentially a, a above ground dungeon. It's oh, the worst okay. conditions, no flowing water, no plumbing system. Um, usually the plumbing is like hay piled into the corner. Uh, there's vermin Frankly. everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's very like lovely, lovely conditions. Mm. Uh, the the cells are about like six by eight, but you'd be crowded in them, and right. they were kind of co-ed, so it's just pretty much like you got sent wherever you got sent. Mm -hmm. So I'm imagining and have seen just a few things that said there was would have been loads of SA happening um, by both other prisoners and the guards of uh -huh. any women that were. Um, jailed uh but but lavinia john and hayward all get put in the same cell together okay. and um because of conditions and because she's a, a married woman and things like that and because she was such a good flirt she ends up convincing the guards to put them in a different part of the prison which is slightly less guarded it was the debtors part of the prison so not the uh -huh. i committed violent crime part but the debtors part so this is on a second floor it's in another area it's not very heavily guarded and there's a window to the cell and so John and I think this is Hayward is um, they build a rope out of like prison sheets and things like that. And they devise a way to escape. And uh, so first Hayward gets out 
Then John is on his way down, but then the rope snaps at about 20 feet. He plummets to the ground. He doesn't really get hurt, hurt, but now he can't get Lavinia down. Ah. And so they, they run, they run off. Lavinia stuck in there by herself. Um, and over the next few days, um, their, their plan, the three of them was to jump on a boat to Cuba and just never come back and move on with their lives. But because uh, Lavinia was still trapped and John loved her so much, he was like, I can't leave her. So they, um, they had remembered that just recently there had been another prison break where the prisoner had, uh, bribed the guards, like, you know, the equivalent of $500, which would have been a lot of money Whoa. at the time um, yeah. to be able to, to escape. And so it was a whole big scandal. So they were trying to get together that amount of money mm -hmm. so that they can bribe someone to get Lavinia out. And they were living under like an overturned canoe type boat type of thing uh -huh. um, while they were like either robbing and or getting stuff or whatever. And the reason why they get caught is because they're hungry. So they take some of the money that they, they've been thieving and they go to a fucking general store and they're getting some things. And the, the guy, the proprietor is just like feeling a little suspicious about them. So he has his attendants man the store while he follows them for a little uh, while. And he ends up seeing them crawl underneath a boat. So he has somebody nearby stand and watch the boat while he goes to get the police. The police find them. And the story is one of two things. According to legend, John realizes that Lavinia can't get out and he immediately turns him in or him and Hayward for a few days are trying to get money, hide under this boat, get caught and get sent back to jail uh. um, or whatever. And so they end up getting put in a, in a, a harder, a harder cell to, to run out of. Um, right. I think ha John gets caught. Hayward doesn't. Hayward fucks mm. off somewhere. Um and he kind of comes in out of, out of the story because he's both tried, but also listed as not present, but also ends up in jail. So it's really weird. Like, I don't understand what happens with Hayward. <laughs> um, but uh, but at least with John and Lavinia, that, that, that's what's going on. So for the next... The, the, their escape was like right after an appeal to... to uh, um, to have their, their case reviewed or something like that. So they're in jail for this extended period of time. They don't have a proper trial. They have what is equivalent in, in the U.S. to a grand jury, which is a, essentially 12 people review your, your case to see if it's worth indicting. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, that wasn't what it was called back then, but that's essentially the comparison to modern yeah. time of what, what they went through. So they had the, like, the grand jury portion of it that says it was worth to be indicted. So what they were appealing, so they were in prison while this happened. Every other member of the gang got bailed out, including Hayward at one point, but Hayward ended up doing something else. That's why he ended up back in jail with them <laughs> um, before he fucks off, fucks off. So they're appealing the indictment, I think is essentially what it amounts to. And so they're, they're still stuck in prison during that time. Everybody else was able to get bailed out for like a hundred dollars or $200, which is still substantial Ooh, money yeah. in, in this time period. Um, especially given that there's a huge economic downturn. And obviously if you're considering these people, uh, highway robberies, it seems odd that you would take money from them because you would assume yeah. it would have been a solid money, but I digress. Different yep. <laughs> uh, so they're, so they're waiting for this like appeal process or whatever. And, um, and during this time, different factions are either massively in support of the Fishers or massively against them. White women really rally for, for Lavinia because they end up saying that, um, they're up for a hanging case. And that didn't make sense because this shit, <laughs> <laughs> they're charged with assault, a uh, vigorous assault and attempted murder of David and 
John Peoples. That's what right. they're charged with. Okay. But what they get sentenced to is highway robbery. Now, this is what doesn't make sense. Attempted murder is not a hanging case. Highway robbery is. And okay. If, you, if you're committed and if you're convicted of attempted murder, you would go to prison for however long they end up putting you in prison. But your your possessions will still be your possessions. Mm -hmm. Although there is an abandonment thing that if you're not on your property for at least a year, it would revert to the state. But that's a slightly slippery little thing. Just have mm. a little nugget in your head. Okay. <laughs> Separate from that, highway robbery is a hanging offense. Hmm. And immediately your possessions revert to the state. Again, hmm. keep that little nugget in your head. Hmm. Uh, so for whatever reason, they're indicted and, con and convicted of vigorous assaults with intent to kill. But they're sentenced to highway robbery, which is a hanging hmm. case. So that's why they're so vigorously... Um, appealing because they're uh -huh. like i don't understand what's happening if this is what we've done you know we're meant to have done why are we getting done up for this and um and during that time the city is trying to get them to repent and so they send like pastors and priests and all mm -hmm. kinds of people to try to counsel them to both like come clean and alleviate their soul um but just knowing like you know you're you're gonna be hung so it's it's hell for you or heaven depending mm -hmm. on how you move. But Lavinia is so convinced that as a woman, there's no way she's going to be hung. There was a law at this time that you couldn't hang an unmarried woman, which is oh. so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you could hang a married woman, but no women were being hung at this time. Like this is not a thing. It was just kind of on the books. So mm -hmm. white women were nervous and they banded together in sort of this like kind of pre-suffrage level, like, Oh shit. Um, and they're like fighting to not have Lavinia hung because they're concerned that if a white woman is hung, a white a married slope. woman is hung, it's a slippery slope and it, it could happen to any of them, right? Mm. So they're pretty, they're pretty actively trying to get her at least downgraded to something else that's not hanging. Yeah. Um, and uh, but again, there's this you know, side note that she's possibly a white passing person that yeah. maybe some people know about. And so maybe that's why, um, well, politically, they, you know, we understand why the white women are fighting and the, the powers that be might be being like, mm, this yeah. does bitch. You know what I'm saying? So it could be both of those things happening at the same, at the same time, which is why they pursue it so hard. Uh, the other part is the land that the Fishers owned was originally Hayward's, but he had so much debt that he ended up having to, um, he, he got into something with, uh, John Fisher's uncle. And so to squash that debt, they gave that land that oh. the Fishers were on to them for the six Ooh. mile end thing. So, so five mile end and six mile end essentially were originally owned by Hayward, but now it's just five miles Hayward and mm -hmm. uh, six mile is um, the Fishers. And by extension, like the, the uncle, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, kind of squashed it and gave it to them. So it might have been a thing of just like at this point, he knew he couldn't do anything about John and his dusky woman. So he just like as long as you're not in Virginia, you know what I'm saying? Like, just. Yeah. Um, but this was also very critical land. And I'll tell you why later. Just remember Ooh. that it's important land. And what I little those little nuggets earlier about reverting to the state. So, so we have these attempted murderers that are, that are being put up for a uh, highway robbery. Uh, they lose their appeal and it's definitely going to happen. You are now going to be hung. And they set the date for February 4th, 1820. Hmm. They were originally arrested 
February 18th, 1819. Oh, wow. There's also some kind of fun run or some shit that happens, a thing <laughs> in the town um, that uh, that is a big deal. And people were like, we don't want to cast shade over the fun thing in this town that same week. So can we not hang a woman and her <laughs> husband the same week? And so the courts were like, you know what? You're right. Let's go ahead and push it back. They were going to push it back a week, but for whatever reason, they pushed it back to guess what date? February 18th, 1820. Mm. A whole year since they were abandoned their home. And they've been out of their property. They've been out of their property. So, you know, little puzzle pieces are are coming together. Mm. So they pushed their execution date to the 18th. Until that time, like, again, they're still hitting really hard. Like, white women are trying to get Lavinia downgraded. The the priests and the pastors are coming to try to alleviate their soul. And John starts to repent. He maintains his innocence for the crimes that he's convicted of, but he repents for any sins, basically, that he had committed. And, and he wanted to make sure that his, his soul was right and Lavinia's soul was right at the same time because he wanted to make sure that when they died, they went to heaven together. And so he keeps trying to get Lavinia to repent. And she be, just becomes outrightly a totally different person. So I, the 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 person everybody knows is this charming, beautiful, flirtatious woman. Now she's cussing up a storm. She ain't giving a <laughs> shit about nobody. She, fuck your religion. You know, all of you are are ridiculous and stupid anyway. So she's fighting tooth and nail. She's not having it. So the legend has her state that she insists on being. Oh, I forgot that even the, while they were being tried, while they're being arrested, eventually they go back and burn. The six mile in. I can't believe oh, that. Okay. So so both buildings, like evidence be damned, mm-hmm. both buildings are are burnt down. They've been in prison now for or jail now for a year. It's about to be hanging time. And so she states, I refuse to be hung in anything but my wedding dress. Um, which again, mm, your house was burned down. Yeah. Um, but she she's thinking that if they hang John first, she becomes unmarried. And if she's in a mar- wedding dress she and there's a priest re- presiding, she might be able to convince a young soul to marry her on the, on the spot so that she doesn't <laughs> get hung. This is part and of the she's legend. already wearing the attire. So, and she's already know. wearing the attire. So, like, no. obviously, when you're looking at a woman about to be hung in a wedding dress, you're going to be like, I better marry her. I'm going to marry her. Obviously, that would be happening. <laughs> this is all part of the legend. Um, and so the day comes that they're, they're finally getting, um, they're finally getting hung. They're supposedly like in this paddy wagon kind of cart together. She's supposedly in her wedding dress and, um, you know, they're giving their last goodbyes and things like that, but she's also cussing up a storm because he's, he's trying to get her to, to repent and, and, uh, the priest, the pastor is too. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, I'm not going to be killed anyway. This is, this is just show blah, 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 blah. So by the time she gets up to the scaffold, she's now convinced, oh shit, they actually might kill me. And uh, so she so she starts like fighting and screaming. John walks up the plank like he's supposed to, but she's she has to be dragged and carried. She's fighting, she's punching, she's cussing. Yeah. And everybody's just like, this woman is wild again. <laughs> like that a person who is about to die wouldn't fight and shit like yeah. that is so bizarre. But you know, everybody's like, oh my god, I can't believe she's behaving this way. She's just about to get hung. <laughs> So she finally gets on the couch. They 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 put the the nooses around and everything like that. Um, John ends up uh, doing a public statement in which he uh, repents all his sin. He does with he does declare his innocence. He repents for his other sins, and then towards the end, he kind of apologizes for everything that okay. happened. 
which ends up muddying that a little bit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he does one last appeal to Lavinia. They end up embracing, they give him a chance to embrace and hug and say their goodbyes or whatever. But she's like, I'm still not repenting because I'm not responsible for any of this shit. And so both of them are maintaining their innocence up until the Mm -hmm. last. And she ends up saying, you know, she, she pleads to the people like, I didn't do this. We didn't do this. Please let me free. Please let me free. Yeah. And she's not getting anything from the, the audience in attendance, which is about 2000 people. Wow. And um, she's not getting anything from the judges or the other people important. And so she just flips the switch. And this is, this is a part that is both legend and real thing. She, according to the legend says, <laughs> cease. I will have none of it. Save your words for others. <laughs> Uh, sorry this is so great (laughs) save your words for others who want it but if you have a message you want to send to hell give it to me i will carry it and then she jumps from the fucking scaffold to immediately hang herself in her wedding dress because she's not giving Um, nobody the satisfaction of killing her that's that dies instantly the whole thing and the crowd is just 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 that would have been the close, the the legend of the Fishers, Lavinia. Yeah. Now, mind you, at the beginning, I said that this is a person who's considered the first serial, first yeah. female serial killer of America, right? And what have we only talked about? Two attempted murders. And I'm going to need a higher body count, please. You need a little <laughs> bit of a more body count, right? Okay. So again, uh, I'm going to split this story. The first part was a legend, which mind you, while great, it does not like how many times should you should be going, where are all the bodies? What's the floor bit? I'm so confused. Absolutely. This should be a thing. (laughs) So now we're getting to the real story. So I'm going to rewind back to uh, it is the economic downturn in Charleston. Very difficult time. Six mile house. People keep going missing after the last appearance of thing, which again could have happened at any part between Charleston and outside of Charleston. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) anything could have happened. There is a notorious highway gang that is believed to be stationed at five mile house. Mm -hmm. But because people keep saying that they're not seeing anybody after six mile house, there is the belief that it's possible that they're either interconnected or totally separate things. Okay. We get back to John Peoples. The story is essentially that he is coming from Charleston to go out of town and he needs his horses watered and he's only stopping for that. And when she tries to, um, to coax him in to the house and everything like that, um, he, he kind of softens a little bit, but then he gets a little bit suspicious. And then out of nowhere, Lavinia just fucking attacks him. And then all these men bum rush and, oh. you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so he gets on his horse and heads back into Charleston to be like, these people just fucking attack me for trying to run or something <laughs> like that. And, and he didn't understand what was happening, which thus triggers the lynch mob. Mm-hmm 
which would be the story of the lynch mob being like, oh, we're so fucking tired of this shit. Burn it all. <laughs> and they march down to Five Mile and burn that shit down. And then okay. certain bandits leave Five Mile to go to Six Mile and some either perish and or are beat up by the mob. Uh, one person is believed to have been killed by the mob, hmm. but that's a, just a, a pin for a later part of the story. Someone that may have been in Five Mile House at the time. They end up getting to Six Mile House, and the story is essentially the same as, as what was a part of the legend. The David Ross gets left behind. The mob tries to rough him up. John says, no, I don't want a, a fight. We'll go ahead and, and um, comply. And then for whatever reason, the gang gets back to Six Mile House to fuck up David. Essentially, okay. that part is, is, is the same. Yeah. Um, and... And they keep the house for a little while, but after the David story, after David makes it back to town, they're like, fuck this. And they do go back. They they have arrested them by this time, but they do go back and burn the house. And they they look at the surrounding grounds, and all they find is uh, two bodies on, on the property uh, in shallow graves. One is clearly freshly freshly there, like within 10 days. And, and so oh, wow. within this five-mile, six-mile thing... Mm -hmm. The story is either immediately the same night or it's like days apart. So mm -hmm. different parts of the story tells you that this event is happening like this or whatever. And so it's believed that the person that is in the shallow grave that was about 10 days, it was he was shot in the chest. He had long white hair. He's believed to be one of the gang members that was out Five Mile House. And that mm -hmm. if these gangs are connected, if, 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 the, if Lavinia and John are part of the Five Mile House gang, um, that they would have hid the body which doesn't actually benefit them or yeah. the, the mob killed them, killed him. And was like, we're going to get in trouble if we are known to have killed people. So we're going to bury him here uh -huh. to tie him to Lavinia's mm -hmm. house and stuff like that. The other grave that they found nearby was a shallow grave that was about two years old. That was a clearly an enslaved woman, which did not raise any hackles because that was a very common thing. If uh -huh. you enslave someone and they acted wild in your view, you could kill them without, any punishment and loosely bury them on your property and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. So, so the only bodies that are actually attributed to the fishers are these that you can't necessarily claim they killed or did not kill. Yeah. But because of all this fan, you know, fancifulness or whatever stories just start to go nuts. And this, this, um, this tale of like, they're vicious and attacking people. And so people are missing no bodies, no trap door, nothing like that. Just people are missing. We might as well just attribute it to the fishers. Oh. So the rest of the story is similar. The court case and all that other kind of stuff. The, the split is, did John stay underneath the boat for a couple of days or did he immediately turn himself in? You know, uh -huh. those are the ones that are kind of hard to do, but essentially mm -hmm. everything else is the same leading up to the day they get hung. Um, first of all, the house was burned down. So she wouldn't have been in her wedding dress because they wouldn't have had the wedding dress to, yeah. uh, to go off of. Um, the fact that there's no trap door found or anything like that in the remains and it's not listed in the, in the court case, there's no 30 bodies or however many missing possible people there are. Like some stories say 30, some say 150. Whoa. And mind you, the legend includes... Bodies in the cellar rotting. So 30 plus bodies just in the cellar on the spiked beds off to the side. Like they just didn't clean anything up after they okay. had this elaborate thing. 
And I'm thinking if you're hosting like a bed and breakfast or an inn or something like that uh, in Charleston in the 1800s where refrigeration isn't a thing. Yeah. You're going to tell me that people didn't smell that a mile coming mm -hmm. and been, been like, I'm not staying in this house. Yeah. But, okay, fine. Sure. That they, they had a <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, so we're back into, they're about to get hung. Um, it would have been at the time they would put you in a shroud, like a white linen yeah. shroud oh, oh, and stuff like that anyway, uh, a hanging shroud or whatever. Mm. Um, and so that would have been the white, the woman in white, the oh, okay. wedding dress, yeah, that yeah. would have been yeah. the white, but it, the, I'll tell you why there's such a huge legend after this. Mm. Um, so all of that would have been the same. She did cuss and fight. John mm -hmm. did try to repent and both with uh, maintain innocence and apologize for everything at the same time okay. she's telling everybody to go fuck themselves and um both reasonable courses of action i, I would say <laughs> you know uh, she, one way or the other <laughs> one way or the other she does um get hung quick like it did kill her quickly but the the thing about her jumping off might not be the case but oh i like that bit i love that part right like that's the part <laughs> of legend is like yes um but the quote is the same except for a very very important addition a, many journalists were present at the time and her last words were printed in various things mm -hmm. so but depending on the print it was either what i said before cease i will have none of it save your words for others who want it but if you have a message to send to hell give it to me and i will carry it some it's beautiful it's so beautiful. fucking beautiful <laughs> Um, some, some prints do only have, uh, if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me and I will carry it. Some people only have that. Okay. Some people have the cease all the way through, but one in particular, and I really hope this is the real one because it makes <laughs> the most sense. She says, if you believe me to be so evil and you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to mm. me and I will carry it. So it's some version of that. At, at bare minimum, we could all agree, if you have a message you want to send to hell, <laughs> give it to me and I will carry it. Which again, like, I'm an atheist and I chilled yeah. at that. I was like, <laughs> fucking dope. If you're staring imminent death in the yeah. space and you have a fuck you everybody message, I am mm -hmm. with it. Like, I'm, yep. That, yep, yep, that's yep, yep, yep. all day. But if, if she says the one that got printed in like the main paper, yeah. Which is, if you believe me to be so evil, that tracks with her innocence, I think. Yeah. In in the story. Just like, at this point, now that I really, because up until she's on the scaffold, she still doesn't mm. think, she thinks she's going to get pardoned. A terrible part of the story yeah. is at one point, the judge gets a, a piece of paper, ran to him, and he looks at it. And then he just looks up and allows him to continue. And for a brief moment, she has hope thinking that she's about to get pardoned. What did it say? It was just like a, like your wife says, come home or some oh, shit. Like it was literally like the most benign <laughs> message after it had nothing to do with the thing. Oh, and so he God. does have to clarify, oh, this has nothing to do with your case. This is a personal message. And oh. she's just utterly crushed. And I think it's in that moment where yeah. all now hope has drained from her yeah. that that's when she's like, just fuck all God of you. And yeah. that's why she says what she says. And so I, I really, I really, I'm holding to, if you believe me to be so evil, that's the, that's the version of that quote. Mm -hmm. That being said, cease, I will have none of it. Save your words for others who want it. I'm with that too. <laughs>
I'm, I'm messing with there for, but I, I feel like the, if you believe me to be so evil is an important part of that yeah. story. And maybe it's a version of like, cease, I will have none of it. Save your words for others who want it. If you mm -hmm. believe me to be so evil and you have a mess, like if it's like that, yeah, yeah, that's clean. And I, I'll, I'll accept that too. And I'm going to walk away feeling like forever that that's what she's going to have said. That's, <laughs> I have decided that's what she has said. Uh, so she, and so the story is in real life that she does, um, die quickly and that mm. John does struggle right? because his thing was, was not, um, yeah. tied as well. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you would think that's the end of the story in the historical context of it. 10, 10 years later, there's a, a Scottish writer who comes into Charleston and, uh, the story about the Lavinia and Fishers and stuff like that is still very prevalent. Um, yeah. And because it's, you know, still pretty close to people's hearts. And mm -hmm. uh, Charleston is notorious. A, a lot of the American South, uh, a lot of the eastern part and southern part of the United States in particular are still very, are, are all very superstitiously ghosty type of people. Oh, so yeah, you're going to okay. hear a lot of like ghost tales and shit like that throughout that mm -hmm. part of the country. Apologize to people who believe in this shit. I don't believe in this shit. So everything to me is hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> Charleston does believe in this shit. And so um, people believed that because she, Lavinia believed herself to be wrong, that she was haunting both the jail mm -hmm. and the, um, there's like a, a, a Potter's uh, Cemetery, which is like your enslaved people, your homeless, your, you know, your right. criminals who have yeah. family that don't, that don't claim their bodies and stuff like that. It would be just sort of mm. like unmarked graves. We okay. all know that people are there. There's a marker to yeah. indicate there's a body here, but we're not saying who anybody is. Okay. So there's the belief that she would, well, no, no, no. There's the belief that she's, uh, she's haunting the real cemetery, but because mm. she was a criminal, she wouldn't have been buried there. She would have been buried in the Potter's prison, which yeah. nobody reports her haunting the Potter's prison. Um, but she's in the, in the jail, people would report being scratched at certain hallways okay. where she would have been or that they would hear screams or, or they would hear growls or something like that. The scratching thing is funny because people are always told the scratching myth and uh -huh. then they come out and they go, I got scratched. scratched. You okay. know, like it's one of those things. It's all about context and time. If you, if mm -hmm. you walk me through it, you don't tell me that shit and I got scratched. And then you're like, Oh, that's part of the legend. Here's proof that there's this mm -hmm. historical legend about this. I might sit there and be like, I still don't believe the shit, but I'll listen to you. But if you yeah. tell me beforehand and then a woman walks through that tour and comes out and goes, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm not going to believe you. But anyways, Charleston believes this. And to this day, evidently there's still tours. Again, I've never heard wow. about this case until I stumbled on it. But yeah. in Charleston, if you go there, you, you can okay. tour areas in which the Lavinia's haunting ghost uh, pops up. Mind you, she never pops up where six mile house current would have stood, but mm. she haunts the jail. She haunts the cemetery that she wasn't buried in. Okay, mm. fine. Well, I mean, uh, we don't so, know the rules of haunting, you know, I, mean, maybe I, you know, I don't know the rules. Works, I, I don't you know? understand why they always haunt uh, Victorian houses, but not Burger Kings. Cause don't people get yeah. killed at Burger Kings on occasion? Yeah. I don't understand how ghosts work. <laughs> what I'm saying there's reasons I don't believe this shit. Uh, so <laughs> 10 years after this happens, people still, you know, have the idea of stories, whatever. He, this Scottish guy who writes Penny Dreadfuls um, for, I guess, for the American audience, what you might not know is like our equivalent would be Pulp Fictions, except for not spooky. The, uh, Penny Dreadfuls would be more spooky, whereas yeah. Pulp Fictions are more like um, gumshoe crime and stuff like that. But it's basically like a quick tale about something spooky. 
and um, they would send them, they would sell them for pennies or whatever. Uh, yeah. th those didn't take off in the U.S., but I know oh, they were. Okay. I know they were big in Britain. Um, the way Americans heard about it is there was a TV show called Penny Dreadful. <laughs> it <laughs> was, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but people didn't also know that Penny Dreadfuls, Penny Dreadfuls, were the type of book. <laughs> okay. uh, so you know, for for the Americans in the audience, that's that's what that was. So it's not just a good drag name. It's not not it, honestly, right? Wouldn't that be oh gosh, that's a good drag name. Uh so this guy comes who writes Penny Dreadfuls, he hears the tale and he decides to go fucking nuts with the story. So he produces a Penny Dreadful about the first American serial killer, uh... Lavinia Fisher. He's the way we get to the trapdoor story, the spikes uh... and the axe, the oleander tea. Uh... But he plays david and john in the story so he grounds mm -hmm. it in a reality mm -hmm. with the existence of of the people it's who got away time, though. yeah okay. yes but he's the one who embellishes a thing which again had there been a trap door or any kind of thing even if you burnt down the house you would have found bodies yeah, yeah. you would have found a hole in the fucking ground the other yeah. thing in, in charleston at this time cellars wouldn't have been common they mm. would have had above ground uh um like what what would you call them? Um, so they wouldn't have had a root cellar. They would have had yeah. like a pickling okay. thing, which would have been above ground. So uh -huh. it would have been slightly cooler or something like that. But they would have had like canned foods and things oh, okay. or yard yeah. foods and stuff like that. But a, yeah. but a root cellar would have been more common more north mm -hmm. because of of the weather. You got to get it. You got to get things under the ground yeah. and stuff like that. But in the south, where it's very hot and muggy, it wouldn't make sense necessarily, and so that's why they didn't do it. So having a cellar in Charleston, which is one of the most humid parts of the United States, yeah. even at that time would have been quite hot. Uh, and you just have bodies piling up there that you yeah. don't dispose of in any way, shape or form. And like, I guess none of it, it tracks. It makes sense why they went too big, why they didn't just do the full tea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because it was a penny dreadful. So mm -hmm. this story, I guess, would have been known as the way you and you take a penny dreadful but yeah. the people who read it in the US just started to absorb the story and it became part of the story that is told about about yeah. her and so that's why she's so he's the one who says there's like 30 bodies or whatever and things like that but but uh, or or more but there were stories the re why he was so fascinated because there were stories about people who would go missing he just attributed that to their home but there's literally no evidence. There's no, no whatsoever. So that's why, like, it's two different stories, right? There's the legend and there's the the circumstantial true history is like there's enough to at least there's the the court case, the yeah. there's the the um oh the the paperwork, the charging documents, there's like alterations. So remember how I said like oh. it starts out with like four, but then eventually there's more people. At one mm. point there's 12 people attributed to this gang, and their names are added or crossed out <laughs> in the list. Amazing. And so here's the next part of the story. Why, why was the Fishers a target? If they weren't mm. actually serial killers, which yeah. they are now historically attributed to. Mm. Uh, remember how I was talking about the economic downturn and how mm. desperate things were getting? Mm. <clears throat> the governor of, the t of that time was trying to convince the US military to build a, a naval base in Charleston. It would have been strategically a very good spot to do it, um, okay. but but at this time Charleston was suffering so bad that they really needed an influx of cash. And what better way to infuse cash into your city, your town, your state, your country, but mm -hmm. 
something related to war, military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the prime location to place a base would uh-huh. have been about five or six miles. Five or six miles out of town. (laughs) Yes. And uh, they did try to get, they did try to get the five mile house and five mile house refused. Um, They tried to get the six mile house, but the six mile house was roped in the thing that was so complicated because it used to be someone else's. And then the person who wasn't in town and all this other kind of stuff, but, but the fishers were there. And so I'm assuming what's not part of the historical record, but just because I know like, Murica, um, is that they tried to do the um, the 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 repossession of land that they do usually to black and brown people, uh, where they'll like build a freeway over someone's land, so they'll just uh-huh. like there's a name for it which is completely escaping my 45 year old brain, but there's a, a a thing that the government does. It's called something when they take your land away to reappropriate it for state reasons it'll be i'll pop it up on the screen when i do the edit later once i figure it out because <laughs> i won't remember it now uh, it fell out of my brain when i was telling this story yeah exactly. <laughs> all that kind of stuff um which if you're listening to the show you don't get to see all the things that i do to like <laughs> define words that we say when we're saying slang that's either american or british and or you know like shit like that i can't remember what yeah. it's called so i'm gonna put it in. um <laughs> So, so yeah, so I think I would say historically that it's, it's more possible than that they, they tried to get the land from the people uh-huh. and people were like, fuck you, no. And so they're like, okay, wait for it, you know, and they try mm-hmm. to do something really, you know, nefarious to try to get yeah. their land, which um, again, Murica, this is a mm. tale of oldest time in the country that I was born in. Uh, and so because of both the, uh, if you haven't been in your place for a year abandonment law reverting to the state. And because uh, if you're, if you're try if you're convicted of highway robbery, which was a hanging case, very mm-hmm. specifically, it's not like all hanging cases, your property reverted yeah. highway robbery cases your property reverted because if you are if they're viewing um a pirate or a privateer or a Mm -hmm. robber or bandit as like the lowest form of life like you could actually get away with certain kinds of murder Mm. but you wouldn't have been able to get away with highway robbery so it's just like now like if you're if you mess with the federal government money you would get Mm. prison prison Uh but if you if you like you know (laughs) <laughs> murder someone and you're rich you can kind of not go to jail for it you know like stuff yes. like that like, they don't like you fucking with money and that's very common in the states and evidently even in 1819 and so they <laughs> basically just devised a way to rope them into because their their charging documents don't match their mm. trial documents don't match by the time they get into their conviction their sentencing documents that all of a sudden has highway robbery in it and it's not a part of the first two stories and literally there's no bodies even listed. Like eventually part yeah. of the story is, yes, there were two bodies found on the property, but one we're dismissing because it's an enslaved woman. And the other mm-hmm. one is probably one of the bandits. Yeah. They just, it wasn't added to anybody's charge. So the, so the whole thing then just becomes, it's there is no case at all. There's no case. It's like literally probably one of the cases of wrongful conviction that is tied to uh, state corruption because mm. what does end up getting built on that land is a, mm. is eventually a naval base. And where the where Six Mile House would have been is currently an old, a now old building, a defunct building mm. that has been redone. But for a while, it was the uh, Naval Hospital. 
Mm, and then okay. it's, it's been since updated. So it's still, it's still, there's still something there standing there. Yeah. Uh, parts of the old jail is still there, but all the parts of that have been upgraded too. And it's, it's more of museum now than, than actual facility or whatever. But yeah. So like if you wanted to go on your Lavinia tour right now, you would go to the Naval hospital and be like, this is where it happened, but you can't uh -huh. see shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's it. That's the story. It's so <laughs> it's so stupid because it's this amazing legend. This, you know, okay, fine, you know, real life story. But once you get to the corruption part of it, you're like, mm. that's the reason that for 200 years, this bitch has been considered the first female serial killer yeah. in the United States. And it's some Scottish petty dreadful writer's fantasy. So you really have He's to ruin her reputation. He's ruined her reputation. And in fact, like I'm, I'm so enamored with her fight at the end, especially yeah. given that I I believe her to be mm -hmm. most likely innocent of any, yeah. of what they. I'm not saying she probably is it possible she was a robber. Maybe yeah, I don't fucking know. Mm. But like, but I doesn't the seem whole to be thing, the case. Though, to paint her this way and describe her dusky beauty and how mm -hmm. she enticed the men mm -hmm. and you know and the flirting and that whole part of the story though just to lead up to trying to pin all this shit on her yeah. it's just it feels like fuck men yes because you know? also like, remember you not again <laughs> i call this america's first female serial killer that never was and her husband john yeah, right? yeah, yeah exactly because essentially john is as much a part of the story as she yeah. is but the historical uh, reputation of the crimes are yeah. all on her, and of even course, in the because if you can paint a woman as evil, that's mm -hmm. far more sensational. But not a landowning man, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and you know if she's known to be mixed race or suspected to be mixed race at that time, you know, yeah. making her a devil would have tracked also with the yeah. historical record. Um, but like. <sighs> state corruption even in 1819 when the country is just barely getting its wheels under it you know like so this yeah. this does remind me of last week a little bit as well right because we've got Fulan who like you know we were really sympathetic to her cause and her banditry and her Robin Hood shit and like mm -hmm. making you know taking revenge against these men who'd done all these awful things to her and you know but it also wasn't a straight up tale of murder, murder, the way right, she was killing yeah. people, right? And now here we are, that this isn't a straight up tale of murder, murder, because she didn't murder anybody. She <laughs> probably didn't. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> there's literally nothing that I, and I, mind you, like, I I found this book called Six Miles to Charleston, which is written by mm. a man named Bruce Orr. Um, I, 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 I did listen to a couple of podcasts because they kind of like, I stumbled into it when I was yeah. already, I had already she was already on my list. I had already started researching her. And then I stumbled onto a couple episodes. I was like, yeah, I'll listen to a couple things. And the way, I think I listened to about three or four. Mm -hmm. In each one, she's depicted totally different across the oh. board. Uh, one that is just women, which I'm really surprised about. They giggle all the way through it. And they are, they're legit. Like they love her. They, but they mm -hmm. only tell the legend story. They don't tell any of the historical stuff, mm -hmm. but they've also attributed like kinks to her because of the trap door and stuff like that. Like they go nuts that way. Okay. Another one actually gives more historical things of like talking about what Charleston was like. And it's a yeah. Southern based podcast. So it's like, here's some, some context stuff mm -hmm. or whatever. And I found that to be the most, um, 
informative because we you got a bit of the legend and you got a bit of the history but yeah uh, that's how i found out about the book and then i went to the i went and downloaded the book and i, I read a lot of it i didn't read all of it but I, I read a lot of it and then there was another one that basically just like it was done by a man and it was just like you know the the mm -hmm. the duskiness the flirtation basically just a hoe that cuckled at her husband you know like all kinds of stuff and i'm just like man you can really tell like the bubble-headed girls, mm -hmm. the person who actually kind of values the story and wants to try yeah. to tell as as much of um because I would view I think Lavinia in this case as as the victim um, yeah you know? so like yeah. vi victimology I think is an important part of this that gets left out of a lot of these and and unfortunately mm -hmm. the reason why it gets left out of a lot of these is because we don't know much about the victims we know yeah. tons about the murderers and not the victims yes. in this case this quote murderess is in my view the victim and so this right. other podcast was very thoughtful about it mm -hmm. and then this other one was just like gross and and just like this murdering hoe and da, 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 da. <laughs> and i'm just like Ugh. and then to get to the book where we talk about the corruption of the state and everything like that you know i was i was so grateful to have that because that wasn't a part of my first written notes mm -hmm. i had to go back through and like update my notes to include this and and his book is considered like one of the most historically accurate okay Okay. Uh, versions of this because he he mentions the penny dreadful writer he mentions what was happening in the, the, the town at this time uh he 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 separates moments from the legend and the so like wherever the story converges which oddly is not much of the story converges mm. it's really just those last two david and and peoples like yeah. david ross and peoples that um that are part of both stories um but yeah like at the end of the day this it's it's almost it's like so anticlimactic to get from <laughs> this amazing legend to this like lukewarm reality <laughs> and then just gross state corruption. But I think what well, I think you know we're looking at the way different people tell stories, right? And the way different people view victims, like you know, like we're saying. And um, I just think it's super interesting that we're going to tell this story from the point of view of you know tea, mm -hmm. ethnicity. And, you know, and writing wrongs and like fucking men screwing yeah. over women, you know, yeah. um, which I think is uh, an important are those, you know, that's an important angle to take from this story, because surely that's yeah. what was going on. The corruption and the men. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, and it, it's sad because I was almost about to say, you know, and a lot of this would track for historical women in, in crime stories that they would yeah. not have a whole lot of agency and stuff like that. But then I start as I'm as I'm about to think to say that I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> 2023, <laughs> let me let me list some ways in which women's aren't, you know, mm -hmm. really um, where their story isn't, you know, told thoughtfully. And, and I'm not saying like any of these women who do commit these kinds of like they're not all. Um, <laughs> you know good or anything necessarily either either you know there are yeah. i'm not saying there aren't evil women out there it's just that so many of the the type of tales that i end up being attracted to retelling which i think mm -hmm. is probably the same for you is you can see how it is either the men in their life and or the patriarchy itself yeah. is the reason this woman is caught up in the situation that she's caught up yeah. like in this case what what i what i think we have is is a is a devoted husband in john mm -hmm. who is given a bad rep because he's a devoted husband literally mm -hmm. called a coward in yeah. so many in so many materials in which the justification for his cowardice is always in protection of lavinia 
So yeah. I'm I'm taking that to be like she had a good husband and then she had, sh you know, like shitty politicians and shitty men in power mm -hmm. who allowed her to be cast in this way so that by the time yeah. the Penny Dreadful guy pops up, it's Lavinia's story and not John's story. Yeah. Or it's not Lavinia and John's story. It's Lavinia's story. And oh, yeah, she was married at the time. And this guy mm -hmm. named John, he was there, too, you know. Um, which takes away agency from him too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not a benefit to him or her, uh, for, for that to be the way their story is told. And, um, you know, they didn't have children yet. They were only mm. 27 and 28 when yeah. they were killed. So, um, and you know, who knows if they could have had or couldn't have had, cause mm. I guess maybe 27, 28 might've been quite old for her to have not mm. had children at that point at that time. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's, so there's no, eth you know, like there's no genetic leg legacy of them or whatever. They're just gone. They're just wiped from the face of the earth and all their possessions and everything was burned. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, that's one of the things I was going to say, uh, like I was going to ask you was, you know, have they got any descendants and how are their descendants faring? And I, you know, I want to know what happened to them, but that's they it. Didn't yeah. Have any, yeah. They didn't have any. Um, so yeah. It's, story. It's a, yeah. It's a tragic story. Right. Cause like yeah. in the end, in my view, given what is available, I I can't trace any particular crime to them. Yeah. Because even the story about David Ross getting beat up, the woman he describes does not does not match the description right. of Lavinia. So it's most likely the other woman that was there who was known to be bigger than yeah. Lavinia. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was the case that the gang from Five Mile went to Six Mile and forced mm -hmm. them to house them. And John and Lavinia are just there, yeah. you know, because they owned it. And it's really all these other people that were in it. But John and Lavinia end up getting not not only just like arrested and included, but literally the main people, because they were the only two people who weren't offered bail. Everybody else was offered bail. Uh, they're the only two people hung. Mm. I think Wayward ends up getting yeah. shot somewhere later down in his life or whatever. Um, and... It's just it it to me, it just seems that it's a cute story to tell about the first female serial killer who literally does not have a single body attributed to her. You know, yeah. one, you know, even the ones that are on her property cannot be attributed to her specifically. Um, also, and this is just a weird little side note. Mm. No one ever says if there's Oleander anywhere nearby. Yeah. Which I feel like even in Graham's story, we had we had laurel plants in the outskirts of of Broadmoor, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, so like yeah. you could tie the possibility mm -hmm. of this thing existing. Yeah. And I don't know how common Oleander would have been at the time outside of people maybe knowing that the tea yeah. that the, you could turn it into a poisonous tea. But there's like literally none of the legend ties to anything that you could say she probably did something. Mm. It doesn't seem like she or John did anything. That's so awful. It's sad, right? So I didn't know that this was going to be like back to back. We would have two stories that weren't less yes. like straight up like clean murder, murder. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, kind of yeah. into this idea also of just like, you know, this stuff is not always what. Yeah, it's not always what it, it seems, seems, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's complicated because the way in which I both love the version of Lavinia at the end of the legend. Yeah. And mourn kind of what mm. happens to her and John in the reality yeah. of yeah. it. 
um, I like I have complicated feelings about these people who died two uh, years ago. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yes, I agree. That's so uh. wild. But yeah, that's that's the but tale that of. That seems like something, you know, that's a good slogan for a t-shirt, you know, the quote, uh, you know, if you've got a message, I'll take it to hell for right? you. Right? Um, I mean, it's so, fun. like, good I can picture, in, in the way that, like, like the, the basic housewifey decorations with signage around your house yeah. <laughs> could be translated into this, yeah. like, I will take your message to hell thing. Like, I would love <laughs> to have that hanging in my house in, like, the most beautiful decorative benign yeah, yeah. way Dance like no one's watching i'll take your message to hell bitch yeah. <laughs> someone walks past and they're just like what is this and be like you know listen excellent i like murder but i like pumpkin spice too <laughs> you know <laughs> we can all be basic sometimes um yeah but yeah i was i was really caught up yeah and, you know and i didn't expect to be doing research in the way that i'm doing it now like the first ones it was like Oh, I got fascinated and I just kind of went crazy down a rabbit hole, which tracks, you know, I'll definitely yeah. get kind of fixated and stuff like that. These stories, though, they're, they're not they're more involved and it takes you down twists and turns. You're ending up not where you expected to yeah. start out. are you? I thought yeah. I was going to tell a, a story about a woman in a wedding dress who hung herself, essentially, yeah. while, yeah. while screaming, like, I'm going to take your message to hell. That That's how <laughs> I got in the room. You know, yeah. like, that's what yeah. brought me to the dance. And in the end, I'm just like fuck government you know <laughs> always it was not the part of the story i was anticipating uncovering no. and um and so i'm afraid for the future as the show develops of what i'm gonna be getting into because like i've been in bed rest like on and off for the last month and i've been sitting there like in what i've referred to as bed desk i have like yeah I'm in I have this desk over me. I got my computer and I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to balance reading about stuff like this alongside like doing work, liberation work and, and stuff with yeah. Palestine and, and uh, the research I'm doing there. And it's, it, the shutoff is, is very strange. It's like, I'm going to mm. pause murder right now and pay attention to genocide. And now I'm going to pause yeah. genocide and pay attention to murder. It's yeah. very weird. It's a, it's a it's a real weird time because that's not how the show started like we no. we started recording this before all this stuff went down and and uh, then we were just you know happy go lucky girls looking for a murder story do you know what i'm saying like <laughs> um i i just saw a mug that i ordered i sent it to my friend in in the u.s so that i can get it eventually mm. uh because i couldn't get it here that just says murder shows and comfy clothes and i was like that's that's me that's, in a nutshell. That's where we live right now. <laughs> I'm literally always in pajamas. I don't go outside, and I watch murder documentaries all the time. Yeah. So, and it, I like you know. that we're bringing though. I like that we're bringing different flavored ones. You know, uh, these are not your run of the mill mm -mm. murder podcast stories. Um, I guess murder is like a box of chocolates. Don't know where I was going with that. Sorry, it's uh, turned into a Forrest Gump moment. <laughs> It, but it's yeah that's it right like i yeah. i don't know when you and i started talking about doing this yeah. that we thought we would end up down this path that would take us to like yeah fucking kill all these rapist men <laughs> and stuff like that and be an yeah, example yeah. for your, for the women of your country or you know like let's undo this bad rap that you have you know yeah um, and i i downplayed the ghost part of it because that's my vibe but like yeah. When I started to look into the ghost version of this story mm. is fucking huge. Like 
people who are ghost people, they fucking know about her. I don't know shit about her because I'm not a ghost yeah. person. Yeah. But but she's in the wedding dress. And yeah. she, you know, and she, yeah, that you can. Yeah. So like if that. people think yeah. they see her, they're seeing mm. a woman in a wedding dress. Of course they scratching. are. Why is yeah. she scratching people? I have no idea. I don't know how that ties to the, mm. to the story itself. Um, maybe the nails. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because she was mm. fighting at the end. Yeah. To not get put up on the scaffold. She's like a wildcat. Like yeah. Maybe something like that. Or maybe it's just like bitches be scratching and that's why mm. this, you know, like that stereotype of, of yeah. like, that's how women fight or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? And, and so again, like for every part of the story that you start to get into, if you're like us, you're going to be like, this is some nonsense, right? Like, yeah. you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. way they've given language to her or the way yeah. um, they've attributed some behavior, it's all mm -hmm. like this historically stereotypical down play yeah. of women and taking away some of their agency and yeah. and i hope in telling the story the way that i told the story um that anybody who listens to this versus one of the other things that's out there and there's not many mm. episodes i i, I mm. there's very few maybe seven or eight mm. that i saw actually listed but like only yeah. three or four that i listened to yeah um that like she has agency in this story because for me this bitch has agency <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah i mean she she fought at the end yeah. for her innocence, which I believe she had. Well, um, I think if she were wandering around graveyards and ex-prisons um, in her wedding dress, I don't think she would haunt or scratch us. I think she would thank us for telling right. the story. Like we might get a, a high five or or like a, um, I know you're not a hugger pet or something like that. I'm non-corporeal anyway. I can't hug yeah, you even like, if I wanted to. <laughs> Like girl power, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> she's um, like that. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, we'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, do you have a message? Because I'm already here. <laughs> <laughs> I could come up with a message for some people who are you probably down. <laughs> Not There's that definitely. I believe in that kind of thing. Like, I don't believe in it either. But like, if it's there, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I don't believe in any of that stuff. If it's there, what I hope is there, or who I hope is there. Sure, I'll send you a message. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thanks, I mean, thanks, Lavinia, for passing that on to me. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would hope that if something like that was real, which again, I don't believe in, that whatever power would be like, this bitch is innocent. And yeah, exactly. Send Come her, on. send her to the yeah. good place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the tale of the America's first female serial killer, or that never was, was she? <laughs> yeah, that never was. Amazing. Um, and John, you know, and John, and John, yeah, yeah. So we're getting wild. I like it. Like, we we're, we're getting the... so small in your story, right? Yeah, like and John. We're I'm getting sorry, the John. Johns. There's a lot of Johns. A lot of Johns. There's people legging it all over the place. All over the place, legging. And there's some pretty badass <laughs> women. So, so far, yeah, yeah. The we, themes. We've got some. We've got some. Because even like Mayaku, which again. Mm -hmm. horrible story but like mm. in some of the cultural contexts i get it and makes sense yeah i still wouldn't yeah. have you know neglected yeah the babies i would have done something slightly more humane and swift mm. i guess uh but even that like it starts in a place that's like it's gonna be bad yeah. so i'm gonna do this bad thing 
so that it's not worse, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a mindset there. Um, I think it's interesting as well, talking about women being hanged, um, because in English we say hanged, we're not supposed to say hung, we say hanged, which technically sounds wrong, but like that's what we're supposed to say. So like um, we talked about, you know, um, Kate being like you know I was saying she was the first woman she was the first yeah yeah and so that's an interesting comparison here because we're talking about how you can't hang an an unmarried woman and that feels really that feels really dodgy to me in terms of I feel like some man sat there and was like well we can't waste a virgin or like you know we can't waste a perfectly good woman right because like she's not been used yet we can't kill her what the fuck is that about so Sorry. what's weird about that? No, oh, you're absolutely right. Because what, what I was thinking too is, and I hate that this was my first thought, but patriarchy lives within all of us, right? Uh-huh. Is that when I read, uh, you could not hang an unwed woman, I thought, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't it be that you couldn't hang a married woman? Yeah. You know, like that was the first thought in my head. And, and yeah, it really yeah, had yeah. to do with the idea of just like married women were slightly more valued to a degree like even because though they're they not were a, owned by a man because they're owned like, by a man so being yeah. tied to the man gave yeah, yeah, them a sense them of value yeah. and so i would view like given the way our history is written that i would view that an unmarried woman would essentially in the eyes of law have kind of no value yeah but if she's, she's got virgin, potential to be claimed and then possessed she's got, yeah and so that yeah like that's it mm. that's so it's such a gross part of oh you know, for Ugh. any of these laws that are like kind of specifically geared towards women, there's always some real gross sexual or yeah. possession type of line yeah. behind it. So yeah, I um hmm. everything everything's so disappointing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like you think you're just gonna tell a simple retelling of a murder story, you know, I mean- like patriarchy state corruption <laughs> virgins are value that married women don't have you know like come on yeah <laughs> so tune in next week for another tune exciting episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sorry so this one we did go quite long but again i was telling basically two different stories in, yeah. in one person's story so i apologize about that uh but don't forget to follow us on the social medias uh the matcha masala murder on instagram tiktok and youtube um and if you're following us on the on the audio only please check us out on spotify and follow us make sure you hit the plus button people hit that plus button if you like a show hit the subscribe it costs you nothing and it 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 actually could benefit us absolutely (laughs) in some way (laughs) some way Charmaine Fury and Ria Mayakor. This is a Main Hustle Media production in association with Virtual Reality Studios. All stories are researched to the best of our ability with information freely available to the public. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and due to the nature of true life crimes, some information remains inaccessible and new information can come to light after recording. <laughs>